you know, there are hurdles to get there. You have to set up your MetaMask. Uh, it's going to take a little bit of Ethereum to pay your gas fees, which are like your transaction fees. That in itself is fucking complicated, but like you don't have to worry about who's going to write your smart contract at this point. Yeah. Even if you're an established artist, just fucking get your feet wet. It's and, like this. Yeah, go make your shit happen. Welcome to the Bellwether Culture Podcast, a first-of-its-kind podcast recorded in front of invite-only audiences of brand leaders, influencers, and artists. We feature amazing humans who have galvanized communities and continue to push culture forward, otherwise known as Bellwethers. I am your host, Pavan Ball. We are recording live at Miami Art Week 2021 at the beautiful Surf Comer Hotel at Unrevealed. And our guest today is none other than Blake Jameson. Whoa. Yeah, man. Stoked to be here. So, so, so is everyone else. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If I were to introduce you, it's one thing, but how would you introduce yourself? Uh, hi, my name is Blake. Okay. If and like we're me, like Blake, what are you all about? Oh man, that's such a loaded question. Uh, I'm an artist from Brooklyn, and um, yeah, man, I'm just I'm excited for Art Basel to like see other people's art, uh, be inspired, and fucking show some of my own art and meet cool people and have cool conversations. Okay, and you've now been, uh, you know, you've been seeing a bit of a moment in terms of uh, transitioning your art and leveraging technology, especially, uh, particularly NFT, uh, for the last, like, let's say, year or so. Yep. Uh, CNBC has covered you a couple times. Uh, you've kind of been like a breakout, let's say, thought leader amongst kind of paving the way on how art and NFT could kind of um, marry each other and find some utility. So why don't you tell me, why don't we start with just kind of journeying down, like, where were you prior to, let's say, towards the end of 2019 in your thought process in your business? When I saw you last, it was down uh, actually here during Super Bowl, and we were not having a conversation about NFTs. Not yet. Right. But you were very wrapped up into the sports world. Why don't we talk a little bit about your art world before NFTs, and then we'll go into okay. our transition. Man, that was like a thousand questions in one. It was. I, I yeah. like to keep it simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. I appreciate that. I have like a crazy kind of journey to, to get to uh, even being an artist before NFTs. I worked in marketing uh, until I was 30. And at 30, I decided like I'm not about like this paycheck to paycheck clocking in cubicle life anymore. And so I quit and then kind of leveraged like that marketing uh, experience that I had to promote something that I actually really appreciated and loved, which was making art. Not super quickly. It took me some time, but I found the niche of painting for professional athletes. And that was like a really good audience because there's a shit ton of good like photos of these people like doing really cool things uh, on the internet, which basically makes like really good fodder for like cool art. Uh, they also have the money to spend on this type of like luxury good, like a painting. And they're also like super competitive, uh, surprisingly. And so like when one player gets a painting, the next player is like, I want two paintings or I want a bigger painting than LeBron got or like whatever. Uh, and so that just made like a really nice market. And I was kind of just able to like navigate into the art world without going to art school, without any like formal training, but find this kind of niche that was uh, ongoing audience. Cause also like every year there's a new rookie class. And so that, that gave me opportunity to like reach out to a whole bunch of new people and say, Hey, look, I've already worked with all these other athletes that you probably grew up like looking up to. So like, let's get me take paid. a step back. How did you get your first athlete client? 
I worked for free a lot. I met this guy, Jared Faison, who used to play in the NFL. Now he like manages NFL players. And he was like, yo, your art's sick. You should paint for athletes. And I'm like, yeah, I should. You're right. I should do that. And he's like, no, I could help you like get your foot in the door, but you got to do some stuff for free. I got these, you know, three clients. The first was uh, CJ Anderson, which is like still like one of my very good friends. He's amazing. And so I did a painting for free for CJ and, and a couple clients. CJ immediately turned around and like bought another painting. And like we've like kind of worked together and stayed in touch over the years. But it's just like snowballs, man. And, and part of it is like those guys are just super competitive. So as soon as one guy gets one, like as long as the locker room thinks it's cool, somebody else in the locker room wants to buy one. Um, and so like that, that's like done very well for me, even like when we met in 2019, like that was kind of the niche that I was carving out. I had just moved to New York City. You and Mike were actually like the first people that I ever basically met uh, with Lauren, thanks to Lauren, uh, at your event, at Bellwether event. And we saw Jeff Staple talk and Jeff Staple's a legend. Now it's crazy. Like Jeff and I are both in the same tops project. But yeah, man, it's been a wild ride. Did I, did I answer the questions? Yeah, I, no, I don't absolutely. really, I kind of forget Th the questions. Thoroughly, in fact, you painted okay, a great, great picture. Oh, thanks, um, man. That's what I do. The marketing angle, like what impressed me the most about when I heard your kind of come up story like earlier this is not the first time i heard that by the way spoiler um you documented everything so whether it yeah. was setting up uh you know your studio and your yeah. your parents barn yep and like it just everything was fully documented yeah, and you yeah. used your acumen with marketing to you know kind of get a level up mm -hmm. so now let's move into like the post kind of world nft world we're in now mm -hmm. um where did the genesis come from saying, okay, I have to be on this from a curiosity to an implementation to success? So 18 months ago, I had a licensing deal with Topps baseball cards uh, because of kind of the work that I'd done in the athlete space. And that project kind of popped off when COVID happened. And then baseball cards, partially because sports just weren't happening, like people were turning to things like sports cards because they weren't getting their fix of sports on like television. And so like that project did really good. And so I was able to kind of expand and like do different things. And one of the things that I did is I had a, I started a podcast and during in the podcast, one of the very first episodes that we ever did, it was in June and we were, we interviewed this guy named Micah Johnson. And he's actually like, I mean, most anybody that's at Bart Basel probably knows who he is, but he, is, he used to play in the MLB. Uh, he retired and then started painting full time. And he got, he was really early in the NFT space and has since like had, tremendous success he's here showing in miami and like absolutely crushing it but he was on this podcast and we were talking about art because we were both painters at the time just painting physical paintings and he's like yo you got to check out this thing called crypto art i'm like that sounds interesting and and like research it and he's like yeah i'm on this thing called super rare and you sell crypto art and like i didn't know what nft was uh but i was on i like got onto super rare pretty early and like this the founder of super rare like onboarded me which is insane now like with how big they are like that he was the personal guy to be like i'm gonna fucking we're gonna do a zoom call and i'll walk you through this process because like setting up like a metamask at that time it was even harder than it is today and it's still not easy like the onboarding of nft stuff so he told me about it and i i just started like playing around and and at first i didn't see any success selling anything and part of that is because like i was looking at everything that was being kind of marketed on super rare and it all was like this kind of like futuristic i don't know like this sci-fi like the, you know the vibe right of like this internet like futuristic world and so i web was like, three yeah web three but at the time i'm just like whatever futuristic world and so i was like i was trying at first i like tried to make stuff for that 
And like, that's not my style. I fucking paint athletes uh, and some abstracts like that one. Uh, but yeah. And, and like, so now like, it's easy to like, look back and be like, Oh, it's it, of course I didn't sell anything. Like I was trying, I was doing something that it wasn't like, you know, authentic. Uh, and then as soon as I like switched over, which was probably like the start of this year. So like a year ago, January, I, I like kind of made a concerted effort to say, I, I really want to lean into this. Like, because I'd worked in digital marketing before I was a painter, I just believed in like, but did tech. you identify it as something absolutely imperative? Like you have, this is not the future at, all. at this point. No, no, okay. no, no. It's like a side hustle. Yeah. So like as an artist, uh, there's a lot of, like you always, but, but you had enough of a curiosity to mold to something you weren't and try to give it a go. Right. So you must've identified something of value in there. Yeah. I mean, Micah Johnson who had played in the MLB had just been on my podcast and was like, you got to try this crypto art. This shit's cool. And I'm like, and okay, okay, like, okay, I, fucking, I trust you. Yeah. I like, do appreciate cool, cool. that. You, you do have a history of just trying shit. Like just, yeah. Doing it yeah. And fast. okay. And even like, it's crazy. Cause when you asked like a thousand questions in a row, one of the first things that you said is like, oh, you're like paving the way or blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't think I'm paving the way on anything. I'm a fucking crash test dummy. And, and like, in a way, that, like that, that can is kind literally of literally like, paving the way. Okay. Well then fine. I'm, I'm a paving the way at the bottom of the way, like at the fucking bottom. But yeah, like I'm a fucking, I, I look at my, like a lot of my art side hustles is like crash test dummy shit uh, because I never had like this, because I didn't go to art school and I ended up in the art world in this like the kind of weird ass way. Like, I don't, I don't know how things are supposed to be done. And then like other people are like, well, this is how it's like traditionally done. And I'm like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. And so I'm like, I'm just going to try something different and, and like, that's the same thing of like, even when I was in marketing, I believe that I was like successful at marketing because I was willing to be a fucking crash test dummy and just go try shit. Cause like best practices isn't bad by the time it's fucking published, then it's just the fucking norm. And then if you want to fucking raise, like to be best practices, you need to be raising above the noise. And so in, by definition, like the best practices can't be what everyone's doing. And if, if it's like the guide is saying to do this shit, I don't know. I was always like, let's try some other shit. And sometimes that worked out really good. So when you transition back into like, let's say home base, like I'm really great artist at, you know, presenting professional athletes. Yep. You yep. released a project that was, I'll say more than significant because of the subject with Terrell Owens. Mm -hmm. um, and I saw that for the first time when you guys published that and I was looking through it. I was like, yo, this is, this is interesting. This 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 did feel like virtual reality, like where you could go in and it kind of almost felt like it was built for mm -hmm. the metaverse. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about that project a little bit and how that came to fruition? What time was that? Yeah. What, what month was that? Oh, gosh. I might have to phone a friend and call Michael. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, I had done, I had like built up a good name for myself in the athlete portrait kind of business. And so when NFTs really, really started to pop kind of Q1 of 2021, uh, you know, we saw some big sales like the Patrick Mahomes, the Gronk um, do very well. And so now all of a sudden, all these athletes that I had worked with yeah. over the last years of my life were Inbound, all of a sudden like crazy. all in my phone mm -hmm. or DMs or whatever being like, let's do an NFT together. And I wanted to be strategic in like who, who I worked with. Um, and so it was like, it was a lot of like, I talked to a lot of people and like we pitched some projects or, or we like said no to other projects. And T.O. Uh, is, I, I think he's a good fit. Like I, I looked up to him, like I'm from the Bay Area. So I, I 
you know, appreciated him, what he did for the Niners, hated what he did for the Cowboys. Uh, but, like, same, he's, like, a good – Yeah. And, like – and also, like, he just – he's the personality. Like, you know, he's, he's larger than life. Um, he's one of the few – athletes like especially in a sport like football where these guys wear all the pads and the helmets and stuff like you usually only know like the quarterbacks and and sometimes the all-star like top five all-time receivers like to uh in my mind so it made sense uh, i had a relationship with his manager max and um and that's actually when uh mike and i started like working together officially is like he he'd come over to the studio and talking about you know nfts we were both curious about the space and then we had this kind of, pro I had this project fall into my lap and I wanted to do something that wasn't just like, I'm going to make an, a, a, one art piece of TO and then we're going to sell it together. And it's like that. I wanted to make it like a collection and make it a thing. And so, and that was something that like, I hadn't really seen a lot of yet in the NFT space at that time of like, like I said, like Q1, like most projects were isolated of like, it's this artist or this is this design group. And so I brought in like uh, a half a dozen other artists and in each of them kind of, we had this. We had a Zoom call with T.O. and said, how are we going to theme this? And we kind of came up with the idea of touchdown celebrations. He had these, all, all these iconic, like, the popcorn. His popcorn on his face, you know, like, whatever. And so, yeah, we had, like, a bunch of different artists each pick a touchdown celebration. Well, he, like, chose, like, all his favorites. And then, and then we assigned them, basically, to different artists. And it was awesome. Um, and it was really – like, it was almost too early, I think, is – and that's like still it, it was then it still is a hurdle in the NFC space is like the onboarding of new customers was. But at that point, like, how did you think through like the deliverables against the NFT? Was it purely the art and the access and the ownership of the art or was there utility baked into it? Excellent question. No, definitely. I mean, we, we wanted to do as much utility as we could and we did some. So it was well, some tricky was like, with one of pieces, right? It is. I mean, it's it's tricky with a lot of moving parts. I think that like the accent, like the type of things that we wanted to give in that, in this case with utility to go with NFTs might be like a zoom call with TO or it could be like signed merch. Uh, it could be a signed print. But then do you have the artist, to then right? offer that every time it transfers ownership? No. Okay. No, no, no. And, and that's something that like, even like as I was getting in the NFT space coming from the physical art world, like that's something I did frequently at the beginning is pairing, Hey, buy this NFT, you're going to get a print or in some cases you're going to get the original painting just to try and get my, my people to understand, like, this is the, this is the way we're going to go guys. Come fucking come on. Like if this is what it takes, like, here we go with the, with the project like TO, like the whole point of crypto is like, you could be anonymous and there's a lot of people that are anonymous. And so that's like a challenge of like, if you buy an NFT and then there's some like special thing that you can claim, like, it's basically like, I can't do anything to reach out to you to say like, Hey, Pav, like come get your thing. You gotta, you gotta outbound it. So that's that's you know had its own challenges um and also like coordinating like signing merch with someone like to that's busy fucking you know busy dude and like everyone's attention is, is also challenging so but given that experience um you decided to also do another kind of let's say one of style project with another athlete des bryant uh how did you take the learnings from the to project and then apply that with des I think, I mean, I'm still learning from everything, but, you know, T.O. taught me that we're so early in Web3 that it's hard, like, someone like T.O. or Dez or, or anybody, any athlete, might have these huge audiences of people that actually, like, really appreciate 
you and what you do or what you have to say or what you create. And like, that's amazing. But getting them on to actually like be able to buy an NFT is much more challenging than A, than it should be. B, than I thought it was when we did the TO project. And C, like again, like when we just did the Des project. Yeah. And like a, a big reason that I got the Des project is like Des and TO are friends. And like we were, we pitched that project along with, I assume other, other like design teams and like Des called TO and was like, how's this dude Blake? And TO's like, Blake's legit. Like you should do that. And then Des called me the next day and he's like, yo, I talked to TO. Like he said, you're cool. Like let's fucking go. Which is fucking wild. Like this, that's insane. Like, but beyond timing, was there any specifics that you took from that original project and kind of shift or adjust for the, for the next round then? Yeah. I mean, I think like the, the thing that I'm like over getting reminded of over and over again is that like the athlete, especially like in the case of like these type of athletes or celebrities is like, they really, it's really, really important that they're like participating in the NFT space if they expect to sell any NFTs at all. And, and it's going to be proportionate of like, like being on different discords, like communicating on Twitter, like that sort of having, thing from the athletes from the, yes. Okay. And more like, you know, owning other, like buying other NFTs and not like just like the True. day before you're about to launch your own NFT, but like buying NFTs and being in that space. And like you said, like getting in the discords, getting those communities, chatting with people on Twitter. I mean, that's the easiest and lowest barrier to entry if you want to like get curious about the NFT space is like jump on Twitter and like type in NFT and like you're going to get a thousand different conversations, any of which you could jump into. And like the community is super friendly. So if you come in and you say, hey, I don't know anything, everyone's going to be like, here, let me help you. And like if that's an athlete, like, a, you know, a Des or a TO, then, then it's like they're like, hell yeah, I want to help you like learn this NFT thing. Like and, and like, you know, that comes with some spam. Like you're going to get a bunch of fucking people being like, oh, you should buy my project. Check out my project, my project. But like, there's also a ton of people to be like, yo, all right, here's how you set up a MetaMask. Here's how you, how you buy Ethereum, uh, you know, or whatever. And, and like, those are helpful conversations that have to happen. And that, the fact that that's happening with these athletes at the, like the rate it is now is like, it's insane. Listen, a big inspiration of us doing Unrevealed here, as you know, we partnered with Wersta on an NFT education I series. I love Wersta. Yeah. So what they're doing over here is essentially saying, ask me anything, right? Yeah. It could be anything beginner-like, yeah. or yeah. it could be high strategy, yeah, yeah, either yeah. way. Yeah. Because that's the reality. We need to come together as a community 100%. to kind of figure it out. Because nobody, 100%. how early are we? Dude, the earliest. How early? Earliest. I, I, you, I love that answer. <laughs> we are, we're the earliest ones. Yeah. There's no one earlier than us. That's Here we crazy. are. crazy. Let's fucking go. That's incredible. That's, you know, just hearing that, though, that's, that's an inspiring thing. Right, because, it's amazing. Because if you think about what's happening here in Miami Art Week with all the programming around NFT, it doesn't feel like the earliest. It feels really baked. You mm. know what I mean? But it's not. I don't know, man. I don't think it feels baked at all, bro. It's, like, it's I, exciting. Been, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it is, it is exciting. It's exciting. We're on, the, we're on the cutting edge where like it takes fucking me 12 hours to set up TV screens for this NFT gallery. This shit's insane. Like. It it's it's insane. Yeah, there's like a lot of new problems with a lot of new opportunities and that's super worth it. Yeah. And I'm fucking happy to be the earliest along with fucking everybody that's even like thinking about the space. Like there's I I know a lot of artists that are like, "Oh, I'm not going to do an NFT. I think I I think I missed it." I'm like, "You fucking didn't. You did not. You missed nothing." 
you missed an emotional roller coaster of fucking just ETH and fucking every like fucking whatever. But like that's just gonna be life from now on, kind of, you know. Absolutely. Well, I'm so excited for NFTs to find its place in Web three, like yeah. to really find its its way of authenticity and like right. that actual tangible. I own this uh, opportunity, um, and that's gonna be really exciting. So we have that whole metaverse setup. So if you guys haven't checked it out, that whole metaverse setup that's with Fresh Stash, um, that is the application. That's yeah. how we're going to communicate with the internet. Yeah. It's wild. And and like, I mean, imagine whether it's things in, in real life or on a computer screen that are like gated where you have to have an NFT to access this website. Absolutely. Right? Or you have to have this NFT and show it to get into this physical event. Like this is just, it's just going to be how it is. Like, I think it's going to be access. It'll be art. It's it, it, like, there's just so many applications for the blockchain, like for NFTs or, or just blockchain tech, like in general to like help make our lives eh, kind of more complicated, but still fun. We're also more fluid at the same time. More fluid. Um, so one thing that I, another thing that I think is extremely unique about you in terms of your, um, your portfolio of work within NFT is that you've done, of course, the the traditional art kind of application towards NFT, but you've also worked on a pretty serious and well thought out community project with Knights of DGen. Yeah, I mean, totally GMI, totally different style of project. Thousand, yes, very very different. So tell me about Knights and DGen, which is basically uh, what is it, eight thousand eight hundred eighty eight pieces? Yep, exactly. Right. I mean, when you talk about a derivative project like that, completely different ballgame. Why don't you explain it? Yeah. So Knights of DGen is a generative art project that has, like you said, 8,888 different, basically randomly generated things that have all these different characteristics and traits. And it's similar to, you know, there's other projects like Bored Apes. Uh, and I mean, tons of projects like at this point are like that. And it's certainly like a different approach and, and like a really fun challenge for me as, as a, like an artist, because like art can be like a lot of different things. I think that art can be setting up those TVs at some point. Yeah, like not having to actually like draw and but instead like working with very other other very talented illustrators and say, hey, look, OK, this is the idea. We want to do these like night characters. We're going to have like the human race. We're going to have aliens. We're going to have robots. And then we want to have Spartan helmets, uh, you know night helmet like all different like types of helmets hats clothes call them attributes attributes how many attributes did you design for this oh my goodness i didn't know i'd be in the hot seat like Doesn't that what, what are we talking 80 100 shit tons we had like all the different variants were like background race skin color t-shirt hat nose eyes helmet like i mean it was it was tons it was hundreds it was hundreds to About answer your question it was yeah. Probably two hundred ish variation, like different different things, and then like all those different two hundred things can be like beyond the art. Yeah. How does this go into community strategy? Because what I've so little story here yeah. um, that I'm not. I think you just heard for the first time, just like ten minutes ago. Let's hear or it again. ten minutes before. Yeah. So uh, I like a lot of people have been reading about NFTs, and um, you know I'm in innovation circles uh, specifically around. Uh, fashion and beauty brands and music and things like that. And that's kind of been my home base. So NFTs have piqued my curiosity when it comes to the ability to galvanize community, right? So once that started hitting, then I'm like, oh shit, like now I'm paying attention, you know? But the reality is, unless you 
purchase an NFT and you start participating, like to your point, you, you really have no clue um, what it's yeah. about. Like you don't have an understanding. You only have reading. And your project, you know, I was talking to Mike and he, t he told me about it. He's like, hey, man, I got this project out. He's like, you know, not for nothing, but I want to give you a heads up. Like, we're doing this. And yeah. like, if you want to get in on it, like we're, we're minting or whatever in a couple of days. Yep. I was like, all right, cool. How do I support? Right. He's like, get in on it. I'm like, okay, how do I do that? Yeah. He's like, you got to download MetaMask. I'm like, yeah. I don't have that. He's yeah. like, okay, this is where you get get pick up your, yeah. your A little your complicated, ETH. right? I mean, obviously, like you can do, it, it, you know, it's yes, not, but like it is, it is to like. When I say a little complicated, I did go back and forth with him for a number of days. However, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it got done, right? Yeah. Like, it, like Hell in yeah, hindsight, it, it wasn't that difficult, Welcome and I was able to, to get in. But what's cool is I got in before the reveal of the artwork. Amazing. And you inspired the name and the brand of this series. That's, I didn't know that. I never heard that story. Yeah, man. Well, that's amazing. So not only did you get me to get into NFTs and start understanding it, and from there it was a high velocity, right? Like then I knew, like then there was people, like friends that are UI, UX designers, artists and stuff like yeah. that that started popping off projects. And then I understood it. It clicked. And I was able to start consulting through the opportunity of connecting and rewards base and community and all that stuff that fashion or beauty or retail can mm -hmm. apply to. Mm -hmm. And now I'm fucking spinning. I love it. Yeah. That's amazing. So tell me about your community because your Discord is fucking fire. Popping. Yeah. So the Knights of DGen Project is uh, these these 8,000 knights, but the community is kind of all galvanized around degenerate gambling and sports. And like similar minded humans. Yeah. 8,888 like, of them. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's awesome, man. Like you said, like the Discord's popping. And because like, we like to bet on sports. We do that like as a community. And so sometimes we'll, we could have like pull the community say, Hey, what should we bet on? And you know, what should we take? And then pe people, you know, vote. And then we go and make those bets. And then everyone's like sitting on the same team being like, let's fucking go Knicks or whatever it is. And like, that's like an exciting thing. Um, it's also great. Cause like it ties in like all the work that I did with the athletes and sports stuff. Like these athletes are coming into like our discord and spending Sunday during football chatting with our fans. Um, which what is, are the elements that go into such a vibrant Discord community? I mean, it, what it are has the to, elements. Is yeah, that what, what, are, what are the elements? I mean, one is artwork and getting people excited around the project. Oh man! So there's pre-launch because yeah. people were in it. Yeah, I was in it. Yeah, and I started getting excited like because of the Discord yeah. before there was even yeah. fucking art to show. Man, I don't know. I'm not the Discord expert, and if I'm being completely honest, I kind of hate Discord. Like, I get that it's like it's a necessary evil for NFTs, and like that's how we were communicating right now, and. I'll be there because that's where people need to hear from me or whatever. But like, I've, I, I don't actually really like discord per just personally as a person. So I don't know how to build a vibrant one. I try to exit them as soon as I can. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. So what do you then, what do you attribute? Like, let's say Twitter for relationships and community. If that's like the direction we want to go, like, yeah. like Twitter is such a good space and such a good place to learn about. NFTs. it feels like 2009 Twitter again, it feels like I, you could actually cut through the noise and like yeah, we, guess, we, we departed from politics and we started actually focusing yeah. on business and art yeah. and innovation again in a I very mean, serious directive. Yeah, way. I mean, dude, there's fucking there's dark holes everywhere on the Internet of like right. politics and the, and the bad shit. But yeah, like there's a lot of positive conversations. And like the cool thing about Twitter is like anyone else, like if you're on Instagram and then you see someone that you don't actually really know and then like you comment on their post, even if it's like a thoughtful comment. Like the most you're going to get is like a like or like a reply comment that's like, 
some fucking emojis. Yeah. And and that's fine. And like it's nice to like get like okay cool they like read my thing or whatever that they saw what I had to say. But like on Twitter you get in there and you say some shit and then they're like yo look yeah. now all of a sudden we're in a conversation. Uh, and like one of the best things that I highly like this has nothing to do with NFTs but like in general of like building your fucking life and your Twitter is like video messages are fire as shit. Like everybody that gets a video message that's like personalized. If I'm like, yo man, great to connect. Like I'm, I'm excited to be at Art Basel. I can't wait. I hope I get to meet you. Like I sent a couple of video tweets like that. And like that just hits different. Like when you get a personal video from someone you don't fucking know, like a stranger on the internet, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, I agree. Um, so that's well, where I build community. Fuck Discord. No offense, Discord. No, fair enough. But in that same vein, like how would you then suggest, let's say other artists that are looking to experiment and work and get involved, like what are the tools that they need to research beyond Twitter and, and finding kind of a, a community voice, but like in terms of finding a strategy, talking to the right people, like how would you get involved if you were to get involved today? Finding a strategy and talking to the right people like in the NFT space? Yeah, like uh, I'm an artist. So, or, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so brand new, brand new, brand new, brand new, brand new to Twitter, brand new to NFTs. Fresh, but get it, like hop but on, a, but hop a, on but Twitter. A, an experienced, developed artist, like that, an artist. Okay, I think it depends on like where, like how how experienced in their audience. Like it, at the end of the day, like if they're if they're experienced enough and they have like a physical yeah. actual audience, it'd be like, yo, audience, I'm gonna do some NFTs. Any of you guys into NFTs? And some of them are gonna be like, hell yeah, I am. Uh, and they'd be like, great. Well, like, where should I do? What should I do? And then the, their fucking audience is going to tell them because I don't know where their fucking audience is. There are, I don't even, I can't even picture it in my head. I don't know what it looks like. How, do, how like, about building a squad? Like smart contracts. Like where, where do you even kick off how to find the right folks? Just don't even your... fucking worry about smart contracts right now, man. Get your feet wet. Just fucking go play around and be your own crash test dummy. I think like, like something like OpenSea has like a standard smart contract. You, you mint something. Uh, you know, there are hurdles to get there. You have to set up your MetaMask. Uh, it's going to take a little bit of Ethereum to pay your gas fees, which are like your transaction fees. That in itself is fucking complicated, but like you don't have to worry about who's going to write your smart contract at this point. Yeah. Even if you're an established artist, just fucking get your feet wet. It's and, like this. Yeah. Go make a shit happen. Blake, who are you trying to connect with these days and what are you most excited about in terms of your own kind of future pacing of your professional career? I am trying to connect with people that are just trying to make moves and make shit build. I just want to fucking build. I want to go. I don't like to sit still. I don't like when I'm, when I don't have a million projects, I want to fucking, Yo, million, your I ass can't even stay projects. on a zoom call for no, more I than don't. like 30 seconds. Fuck that bro. You why? literally can't. Why? I know. No, I can't. But why though? I could be building something off screen. Like same with the nights, man. We do a fucking weekly thing. Like I'll show up if I have to, if we have to talk art, but like, I'm like, yo, I'm out and yeah. I don't, I just don't do that shit. It, so, it, so, so you're looking to connect with anyone that's basically pushing shit forward and it, it, there's yeah. no confines creators of any kind mm -hmm. and awesome. it's literally creating anything. What is the best way to connect with Twitter. you, your company Twitter. or all the work that you're even doing? Twitter? Twi well, Twitter, I, I would say if like they want to connect with me, like Jameson on Twitter is where it's at. I fucking reply to everybody. Um, Twitter's the one social media that like I just run entirely myself. No one, no one else fucks with it. But yeah, Twitter's good. And then, you know, if, if people are in New York, Minty Garden Gallery uh, in Brooklyn is where it's at. And that's something that Mike and I and Drew are building. And it's, you know, what brought us here to Art Basel. And we're just super excited. And like a lot of that is building this kind of creative community of people that are builders and, and creators. 
and trying to put them together in an environment that like inspires each other and like sets them up to create whether that's a win or an L doesn't matter we're gonna fucking mint it and move on Blake it's been a tremendous pleasure meeting you so early in your journey in New York City and you got an OG visiting dude I do have an OG piece of yours visiting you in your LIC studio seeing you open up Minty Garden and all the success that came in between that it's been a fucking blessing I salute you brother thank you for being here and thank you to having Minty Garden Mike and your team uh, over here and setting up at Unrevealed, man. Appreciate you guys. Oh, yeah. Everyone, Blake Jameson. So glad you sat in on this conversation. If you enjoyed this episode, I hope you'll share it with some folks. And if you'd like to join us at our next gathering of Bellwethers, go to bellwetherculture.com and apply for access. The opinions expressed by guests on this podcast are theirs and theirs alone, and not necessarily a Bellwether Culture and Mouth Media Network.